Welcome to season two of the Never Going Pro podcast by Dads Inside Riding Trainers featuring GC Coaching. It's a podcast about riding bikes and parenthood and trying really, really hard at both. I'm your host, Ken the, Ken the Badger Now, and with me is Chris Gorney. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great. I feel lonely without Shane. Yes, I feel lonely without Shane, too. He couldn't make it tonight. Uh, Shane is the owner of GC Coaching. You may know him from uh, building a lot of the different uh, cycling programs and I think a running program as well on Zwift. Yeah, it's um, a good chance A good chance that if you've done a workout on Zwift and you were really pissed about how hard it was, Shane probably built it. Yes. Uh, we also have, um, we have three ladies from the Saris Pros Closet um, Zwift our e-racing team, I'm guessing you just race on Zwift for right now. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have Jen Real. How, uh, how are you doing tonight, Jen? Actually, it's today here. I'm in Hawaii. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very nice. Very oh, nice. yeah. We're going we're gonna to get into this, but we're talking to people in – so we've the, the punchline is we have three pros on the podcast today from three of the most different locations all at once that we've ever had. So we will get into it. Um, Christy right now is on the highway in a sick van uh, traveling to a race. So yeah, Chris, Christy, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm in nowhere, Kansas at the moment. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. What race are you on the way to? I'm on my way to do the Gravel King Hondo in uh, Augusta. At Augusta, Augusta, Georgia? 119 miles of Flint Hills gravel. Very cool. Augusta, Kansas. Come on. Augusta, Augusta, Kansas. Kansas. Okay, yeah. gosh, I know Augusta, Georgia. I'm a Southern boy. And we also have Anna Russell. Where are you joining us from tonight, Anna? I'm from uh, New Zealand, and it's midday here as well. We're almost the same as Hawaii. But I think uh, usually I'm in the future, so I'm usually a day ahead of you guys. Okay, gotcha. So we're, we're, talking to we're talking to Friday right now, which is amazing. You sure are. It's a great day. So just, just to recap, we're talking to someone who's off the grid in Hawaii someone who's calling from New Zealand, and then someone who's literally in a van on the highway going to a gravel race. There's so way much, way much, so so much, much adventure cool. wrapped into one team. I said, <laughs> and before, Ken, before you got on, I said this is by far the coolest like, cohort of people we've talked to all in locations right now. Yeah, this is, this is very cool. Well, so tell us a little bit about what's going on. Usually what we like to do is talk about how your team came together how each of you found Zwift and what's going on now and what you see sort of is the, the future of your, uh, of your racing. So Jen, you are the captain of the squad. Is, is that, is that a, a decent assessment? Sure. Yeah. Uh, manager, captain, um, whatever. <laughs> Jack of all trades. <laughs> You're the, you were the 2019 U.S. Zwift champion, correct? No, I was the silver medalist. Oh, I, uh, okay. I whatever. We'll, we'll, I, we'll yeah. forget that. Who, who, who <laughs> as long as it wasn't one of these other two ladies, then we'll just say you won. It was not. It was yeah. uh, Angela Pitzer won, and I, I, uh, I had used my arrow power up earlier in a, uh, in a bad move and I was racing with the flu so mm. okay well then as far as our podcast audience is concerned you were the champion yeah sweet <laughs> yeah. and how long have you been on Zwift Jen I've been on Zwift for about three years um I I got turned on to Zwift by a friend in Hawaii he who used to work for Zwift actually 
And um, he was like, oh, you should check out this Zwift thing. And I was like, oh, what is that? And um, I got put some power meter pedals on my old yellow Le Mans spin bike. Nice. And uh, that's how I got started. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Cool. Um, and so, Anna, how, how did you get involved in Zwift? Um, I've probably been on there about a year or 18 months. And um, it was through my husband who when I, I used to race professionally in triathlon and he tried to get me on Zwift like five years ago and I didn't want to do it. And then I, um, I was pregnant with our second son and he said, Hey, let's just get a treadmill and at least you can sort of run from home while the other one, I've got an older son as well while he's napping. So I got into Zwift running and then I saw all the bikes around there as well while I was running around Watopia. Okay. So, uh, yeah, jumped onto the Zwift, um, cycling as well. But by that point I was, I think like around six months pregnant. So I just kept Zwifting right up until I was saying to Chris the day I went into labor. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. And then started a Zwift badass mums group. So we all have kind of a big Facebook page, similar to a dirt um, kind of thing, but for the mums out there. And then, um, yeah, just used it as a way to get back into fitness. And then I uh, did a couple of races with Jen, which was super fun. Like we had a few little tactics going. Nice. And this is kind of history. Joined up to this awesome bunch of ladies. That's great. And Christy, tell us about um, tell us about how you got on got on Zwift. Um, I actually found it through. I was actually guest writing with the Amy B Foundation at Joe Martin in seventeen when um, Nicole Presspitch told me about the Academy, and so oh, cool. uh, that was my first experience with Zwift. Was the seventeen Academy, uh, the Zwift Academy, and um, actually made the semis that year. Um, and then kind of set Zwift to the side because I was doing a lot of in real life racing and prioritizing that over top of it. And I'm one of those people that I train outside no matter what, um, because okay. I figure you're going to race outside no matter what in any conditions, right. but then COVID happened. So, yeah. you know, I did a little bit of racing, but not just to kind of fill gaps and then, uh, really got into it earlier this year. Um, and I was actually on a team with Jen, another another team okay. um, that I was dabbling with, and that's how I ended up um, with uh, the current the current team. So very nice. So how many? So how? What's your setup traveling? How do you use Zwift traveling? Do you just set up the trainer outside wherever you are? I do. Um, actually, in Colorado Springs, um, we set it up in the garage because it was about thirty two degrees in the garage, and opened nice. the door and set a fan up. Yeah, laptop and good to go. One of the things we were going to really talk about and was kind of this transition between in real life training and or in real life racing and Zwift racing and some of the challenges people who go between them, which is great because all of you do. And so we'd love to hear you guys. So we've, we've got a list of questions, of course, but we'd love to kind of hear some of your perspectives on the challenges of that because because of COVID, we're seeing a ton of people who would be in the middle of a race season right now are now switching to racing Zwift. And so I think it'd be really cool to hear from professionals, like what have been some of your challenges? What have been some things that have been most difficult? What have you hated? What have you loved? It'd be great to hear you guys kind of vamp on that for a while. Um, I can kick off, I guess. Sure. I think my sort of in real life to Zwift transition is a bit different. I mean, I stopped in real life. I've never been a cycle racer, but I stopped in real life tri racing and I had the kids, but I still in real life get out and run. And I think that's probably been the trickiest thing with Zwift um, is actually realizing that the racing is super hardcore. 
And if I go and do like some running, even the day before, and then I go and jump on a Zwift race the next morning, my legs are just toast. And I think that's probably like the biggest realization. Whereas with triathlon and the long course stuff, you can kind of do running and then jump on and do, you know, a 90K race in a triathlon but you just cannot jump on and do an hour full intensity, full noise Zwift racing. So there's been like a massive change to how I run and do my program so that I don't run on like the weeks we have pro-ams like next week, I just won't run because it's just okay. so super taxing. So Anna, how many hours? So one thing that we're interested in because like so many of us, you said you're, um, you have kids now, we're time crunched. How do you, how do you balance your, your time? How many hours a week are you putting into training? Uh, I'd say probably like seven hours a week and okay. it's totally changed from when I used to do Ironman. So Ironman would be a lot of like zone two stuff and like 25 to 30 hours a week. Whereas now I'd say mm. everything is like zone four and each session's like 45 minutes to an hour, but there's only like six of them a week. Um, that's probably the biggest difference. And then the other one, like, um, as Jen probably knows is like the time that I Zwift is a bit odd so the time that we race is kind of like 5 30 in the morning mm -hmm. or it's at like nine o'clock at night but that's actually really good because the kids are asleep so it kind of works out pretty well that, and that is just such a crazy experience like you're doing this hardcore international race but don't wake the kids up yeah is it right <laughs> next door <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah. we've got a basement so it works pretty well they can't hear anything that's that's good and and so jen how about you and the the transition like so um what's that transition been like for you from racing outdoors to racing indoors? I've actually always been more of a Zwift racer. Um, okay. And I've only done a little bit of outdoor racing because in Hawaii, not, I live on the big Island and there is literally one bike race a year and it's 50 miles and 9,000 feet of climbing. <laughs> oh, so, so just super easy, super chill. No problem. You yeah, just jump yeah. into it. <laughs> 50 miles. That's any given so, Saturday morning. Yeah, but the, the climbing is uh, the killer. So anyway, I have, um, I Zwift, when, when I jumped straight into the racing, like I went from Zwift and then racing right away because um, it really filled that gap for me because on Big Island, there's a lot of triathlons but not many bike races. And That's I've so tried strange, to be a yeah. triathlete and it's just not my thing. I cannot swim. Too many, shark, <laughs> too many sharks, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the last triathlon I did, there was like a big manta ray below me and it freaked me out. It's like a manta ray. It's not going to hurt you. I, but anyway. I, I could never, so I, I got into it. Um, I got into it also through triathlons and I, the amount of times I got kicked in the chest during oh, a swim, yeah. like I learned, I began, I don't know if there's this like a real skill, but I, I like eventually changed my swim stroke to keep an arm out in front of me almost at all times <laughs> because I, I could like, you could like stop, you know, once you get a ways out in the lake or the water, or the ocean or whatever, you don't get kicked. But that's like the first 10 minutes. You just like it, but you, you wouldn't see it coming. Cause where I, whether I was racing, all the water was so murky. You just all of a sudden get kicked in the chest. And I was like, I don't miss that. I really, I really don't, you don't get kicked very much in cycling. No, no, you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not that common. And, and Christy, how about you? Um, what's the transition like? It actually looks like you really haven't completely transitioned. No, I'm well, this is actually going to be my first real race back. But before this, I was really focused on ultra distance stuff, both gravel mm -hmm. and on road. 
So I, I'm also an ultra distance time trialist. So a lot of my training was steady state. Um, I'm an engine. So even in bike races, I was the engine on the team. So I didn't have a lot of top end because I was doing, you know, 18 to 20 hours of high, high end steady state. So Zwift has been a definite adjustment um, because you can't do 18 to 20 minutes, 20 uh, hours of Zwift racing a week. You just, you just can't. No, um, there's some, there's some so, people who try and it's crazy to me. Well, well, maybe you can't, I can't. At, at I can't. Oh gosh. Old, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so, but it's actually what I found is Zwift racing is, and training has been really good for me because it's forced me to work on that top end. Because if you don't have top end, you're not going to be successful in Zwift race. You have to be able to match that attack out of the gate, you know, like it just like crazy fast out of the gate. And then um, the tactics that are played in Zwift racing is much, you don't have tactics in time trialing. And in mm -hmm. gravel racing, it's really attrition. It's not as much of tactics, um, especially as a female in a, in a mixed gender field. So, um, so Zwift racing has been great because I don't have to train as much and I feel much more fit. Plus I feel much more well-rounded. That's so, very good. So how, how many <laughs> yeah. hours a week are you putting in? Right now, um, closer to 14, 15 a week. And that's mixed. Um, it's not all racing. It's a lot of the same steady state, but with sure. probably three races on average. Well, the shame will be, shame will be happy to hear about that training methodology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jen, he, would, he, he would, he would be saying the phrase progressive overload right now. That's what, yeah. that's, what she <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and how many hours a week are you putting in Jen? Um, I'm, I've been taking a bit of a break lately, but usually anywhere from on the bike five to 10, I also do a bit of running as well and trail running. So I was reading an article today about your team. Um, gosh, I forget the, the name of the, the article where, um, Sarah's prose closet, um, was mentioned, but you have, 10 people or 10 women on your squad and then i guess the the men's team has about the same so it's about 20 members on the sarah's uh pros closet team are, are you feeling pretty supported there and like how's that going oh it's been amazing like the joining up of my team with sarah's the pros closet um when they took us on as a women's team i mean i don't know i, I can't wax poetic enough about how welcoming and great they have been you know we've been a women's only team for so long so it was a big transition to join a men's team and we weren't really sure how how that was all going to play out um but it's been great they are totally on board with equality for women in cycling which is one of the great things about esports and um which i'm sure we'll get into at some point as well um and our our sponsors saris um and the pros closet also, they're all about equality for women in esports. That that's actually something we wanted. We kind of wanted to approach because you know, as, as Shane, uh, Ken, and I were kind of doing prep for this, talking about questions. Something that kind of occurred to us is it, it seems, and we'd love your insight and opinions here, because where we wanted to talk about is say, hey, like, where do you guys think women's esports are going? Is it seems like there's been um, a lot more excitement and um, energy behind women's esports and far less like resistance than like a lot of popular other, like other sports have seen. Like there seems to just be a huge support and a ton of people getting on board really fast and seems to be less of a disparity than in other professional sports. So we, we wanted to get your guys' take and opinion and how you guys see things changing. Yeah. I mean, esports is 
uh, e-cycling is the only sport that has had parity from the get-go. And I really give props to Zwift because they really um, led the way with that. When they started having pro-am racing, men and women, equal courses, equal payouts. And it was, they just set the bar there and it's been there ever since. And I think that's why you see so much excitement around it on the women's end and why you see the, a lot of in real life pros um, embracing the Zwift racing because they see the opportunity there. Um, and so I think one of the most exciting things about esports is that esports is actually influencing, I like to think, in real life pro cycling, you know, because the parity that we have is going to put pressure um, on on in real life teams and in real life races. Um, they're going to say, hey, esports can do it. Well, you know, maybe we should too. <laughs> Yeah, what you see is that ASO is committed to a Tour de France stage race for women in like 2022. And I mean, I don't know how much of the, the virtual Tour de France played into that kind of decision, but there was definitely pressure when people were watching the virtual Tour de France and thinking this is very equal, the men and the women's racing. Like this seems ridiculous that it's a race that's been going for hundred, you know, over a hundred years and there hasn't been, you know, a, a substantial women's version to it. And it's certainly nothing, certainly nothing consistent with near as much attention. Um, well, I mean, I was watching some of those videos of the virtual tour de France and I was, you know, at one point I'm watching Alaphilippe doing like 175 Watts. He looked kind of just lackluster something his team was making him do. And then we switched over to the women's video and they were just like getting after it. And they're murdering it. Yeah. It was way more exciting. It was way, it was exciting. way more exciting. You know, and y'all were just putting the hurt on each other. So. <laughs> yeah, they really embraced it. Um, like, like Lauren Stevens from Tibco, she's been one of the biggest Zwift racers um, this year. And then uh, since some of the Canyon SRAM women came out of Zwift, um, there's just been a lot more thing of the, the Zwift racing from the women's pro teams, I think. And I, I think I, I love the the equalizing effort too. You know, it's the same courses, it's the exact same thing, and that really a lot of there's a lot of sports that just aren't like that. And you know, cycling I think at the same time has both kind of an, because of kind of the hurdle of equipment. I think it has a bit of a tone of exclusion because you know it's it's not like you just get a pair of running shoes and you go like it. You know, I mean, Christy, how much gear in your how much gear in your van right now do you have that's related to having a bike? You know, like half probably. You know. I yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but once, I mean, that that hurdle aside, like the cycling community in general, one of the reasons I love it is because like you go on group rides and there's people, there's all kinds of different people. And it's like all, people just want to be on a bike and they want to be with people. And there's not, there, there's, there's, there's very, there's very little exclusion on the bike um, yeah. across not just gender gaps, but all kinds of differing opinions and I mean the amount of arguments you get on people about things on a bike right that's what's great about it you know you're with people for four hours you know in real life and you it's, it's amazing the relationships you create and but. I think as well the that platform you know when you look at barriers to entry you know I'm down in New Zealand there's no way like I'd love to race with Christy you know this week but there's no way I can fly across to the US you know and then come home again but we get to race you know almost weekly all together as a team and you get to race you know like Jen said with you know professional teams like Lauren Stevens and Sarah Gigante you know from your basement I, I would never have the opportunity to race them you know in real life even if I was good enough just because I can't you know head out and travel around the world um, and leave my home like I maybe could have when I was in my 20s. Agree you know I work 
full-time job and it's the same. It's the exact same. And Chrissy, what kind of job do you have that allows you to do so much traveling? Uh, I work in finance, so okay. I work remotely. Nice. My husband is retired military, so he's able to drive me around while I work from my mobile office in the back of the van. That is so. something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I mean, I know, I know we're on a good rhythm, but I feel like there's like this whole, uh, there's like, you know, before, of course we stalk people and, you know, we, we want to know who we're talking to. And as I'm reading and I'm on, on the web, I'm on the team site. Right. And so there's these interesting facts and you three have some of the, I mean, each one of you almost seems like a caricature because it's so, it's so amazing. <laughs> it's like Jen lives off the grid. This, people need to know this stuff. Jen lives off the grid in a farm in the mountains of Hawaii. You have four dogs, 15 ducks, and two goats, and you're a telemedicine physician. 15 ducks. What do you do with 15 ducks? <laughs> um, I feed them, basically, and I, I occasionally get tossed an egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there you go. It's like a one to 15 thing. I mean, it's just, it's just like ridiculous stuff. And then, you know, Christy just kind of was alluding to it, but I mean, all your history in riding motorcycles, the fact that you're traveling around, you know, routinely six, six, six months. I had to ask about the titanium thing, which you knew I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's another reason that Zwift racing is fantastic because it's kind of hard to break a hip or a collarbone on your trainer. <laughs> um, I've managed to break both collarbones, one of them twice. I've been life flighted out of a race Ooh, with a compound gosh. fracture. And, also broken my hip twice. The last one, it was a femoral neck break. So it was a pretty significant. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So I love Zwift tracing and the kind of funny story because of all the times I've touched the cement, I'm a little, um, oh gosh, I'm a, uh, I don't like sprinting. Let's just put it that way. I'm an engine. I don't like, you know, like with the Peter Sagan thing and the elbow. I was, I was just about I to just, ask what, what, what face did you oh. make when you saw that elbow? <laughs> oh my God. No, nah. <laughs> I just can't, but um, I found that in Zwift, your bike can ride directly through other people's bikes. And right. it's, <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> so it's, um, I've kind of let my inner sprinter come out a little in Zwift. I still wouldn't even consider it or inner on the road, but yeah, so. <laughs> that's, uh, that's insane. I mean, that's, yeah. and then, you know, Anna, like I had to ask about the Jane Fonda thing. I'm a little disappointed you're not, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed you're not I wearing an orange headband right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a nickname from Christy. So we all wear the same uniform. And I realized that because I run on Zwift, like no one else I don't think has access to the headbands. So I was like, oh, I'll just chuck a headband on and that'll like make it all look a little bit different. So there we go. And you can thank Christy for the Jane Fonda. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. These are like the little fun details of people's lives that, you know, and I, I think a lot of times, and that's something else I love about Zwift is because, you know, you look at these other sports, other you know, like elite anything and like their lives seem like really idealized and you're like, well, of course, like if all I did was train, you know, but like all three of you have, have jobs and families and responsibilities and like normal and ducks to feed and like you, you've got all this stuff to do. Right. But then you, you somehow figure out a way to train and that's, what's fun about Zwift. And you know, one of my favorite features on the dirt group is when it's kind of a normal thing that when somebody joins a dirt group, they post a photo of their setup. And it's so fun to see like, you know, men and women with, you know, it's like, like up here, like in, in my, in my office slash bike room, it's like, we have a black mat on the ground and my daughter's not allowed to be on the black mat. Cause then she could get hit by a bike chain or something, but, or the people have got like, uh, they're in a closet in the basement or they've got like a baby gate up around, or there's like a dog 
It's like a little doggy bed. I mean, or they've just, got so much junk in their garage, you're looking at it trying to find <laughs> yeah. Find the box. Yeah, like yeah. Ken. Ken is in a shed surrounded by a computer, bikes, and what looks like a bunch of saws and shovels. I, yeah, I work, I work out there. here. Yeah, so this is where I work. This is where I run my bike. And yeah, so it's uh, I'm really been glad for it, especially <laughs> since COVID came around. But I had a question for you. So I was reading, I can't remember which um, Zwift racer it was. It was a, a, a woman Zwift racer. And she was commenting on the safety aspect. As, as you know, Christy, we heard about your injuries. But there was some other issues too, like, you know, whether it was feeling ogled maybe when they were out riding their bike with men or by, you know, people that were walking or just not feeling safe riding in the countryside alone, you know, some of these things. Um, and it's, it, it seems that there's some inclusionary aspects that make Zwift sort of a safer place in some regards. I mean, have you found, is, is that something you can touch on at all? Well, I think Zwift uh, is one of the way places where you can actually find like 40 women to do a group ride with because oh, yeah. I'm not going to find that in real yeah. life. Um, and so I think it's great for women in that way because they can really get a women's cycling community um, that most people, a lot of women don't have, you know, where they live. I mean, I've, I'm fortunate enough to live on Big Island where I haven't had issues with the safety or concerns and I, I'll go ride my bike in the middle of nowhere for hours without worrying about it. But I could definitely see if you live in a city, um, big city, things like that, it might not might not be the most welcoming place to ride, especially alone as a woman. Well, I, yeah. I will tell you, Northwest Arkansas, Bentonville, if you want a group of 40 women, you see it here. Oh, it is wow. the only place. I. It is like bike games. And <laughs> the weekends on, you know, like Labor Day, it, you got to watch out. More bikes than cars. So, How cool. So you I'd just need to like, uh, leave, leave Hawaii and come to Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> I'd say like one of the biggest, um, one of the best things I've noticed on Zwift, and it was quite interesting because I don't know if the other girls can talk to it as well, is that uh, when we did have the pro girls riding with us for like a few races over lockdown specifically, there was quite a difference initially between the sort of pro woman's approach to the racing and the I would call it Zwift community woman's approach to racing so a lot of us like for me say it can sometimes get a bit lonely I work from home I've got the two kids at home and I get on Zwift and the racing's awesome for the race but also because you're chatting it's friendly it's pretty social and um, you know I've, I've done my like pro sport days I don't want to jump on and you know be trash talking and doing all of that stuff like I'm kind of over that and I think there was a um Lauren actually had a, a really great article where she was interviewed on it and said that that was probably the biggest difference she saw is that everyone's just so super friendly like we race really hard but yeah there's no trash talking anyone out there's no little snide comments and you know I think sometimes women's sport kind of has a, a bad rep I don't know what it's like in cycling specifically but you know it can get a bit catty whereas I just I almost see none of that on Zwift whatsoever so I, I gotta ask because uh, that's an amazing comment we could talk about that a long time uh, the community aspect who is better you guys or the women coming from the pro peloton on Zwift I think in the mix, yeah. go yeah. ahead Christy and yeah and I think we were hands down because it's it's a different discipline 
It really is. It's there's, you have to learn to draft in Swift. It's very different. You have to learn the, it's just different. But once the, the women, the pro women that took the time to invest in learning it, they're, mm. they're now really, really, really good competition. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love it because like Anna was alluding to earlier, there's nowhere else that you can race with women of this caliber sure. without yeah. the expense of travel. And even then, um, a couple of years ago, I was trying to go pro, but like getting guest ride spots and all of that stuff, it's it's a lot of work, even just yeah. to just be able to toe the line at one of those races. So I'm a firm believer that you race up to the level of the people that you're racing and you learn from them. And um, so it's been a very positive experience to race with these super elite real world pros um, and watch them as they're learning and then they, they get it. And you can, it's almost like a light switch. Yeah figure it out and then it's like oh dang yeah <laughs> yeah you, you smoke them and then all of a sudden a couple of weeks later they're they're figuring out the timing yeah yeah, yeah. but it's, it's well i great. saw i think um it was at usa league right christy like i think we were like yeah. that new york race like sarah's just owned it and we were doing so yeah. good and i think we we're like top three and then literally i saw all the tibco girls when you looked at their activities for the next week they were racing like every day and then the next <laughs> week they turned up and yeah they'd boom got it like yeah. got the power-ups got the draft all of that and we're like oh okay this is gonna be a bit harder now <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's great I feel like it's just bringing everybody up it's it's amazing and it's such a supportive community and like what Jen was alluding to earlier like the whole game face thing in real world race and you line up at the start line and everybody's like got their game face on and yeah like and I've never had a game face like you guys I know this is a podcast so you can't see me but I smile like that's I, I just don't have a game face. Like, yeah. I'm happy well, maybe that maybe that is your game face. It's deceiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're, you're the you're the sm you're just the smiley assassin. <laughs> right there, you go. But I like the fact that you don't have to worry about like in the racing. It's just every. It's a much. It seems to be much more welcoming, and you're not having to put on a a game face or anything like that at the start line. So, yeah, and I like the game changer for me was like I said when I first started racing. And I jumped onto, I think it was like some Kiss Leagues or Callus Cup with Jen. I was like, this is a team sport. Like I've come from an individual sport and this is team. Like we're on Discord, we're chatting. Like I probably chat too much on there, but like it's super fun. And it's just, um, you can have strategies and tactics and I don't know. It just like, that's the, that's the winner for me. Like I, if I was just out there kind of racing on my own, it would be cool, but I could, I could kind of just go do that down the road or something. Whereas this is like, on the phone with a bunch of people around the world, like nothing beats it. You are a sponsored team now. So we want to know um, what are some of the perks of that? Like, did you get what's, trainers? Do you what's get the access? sweetest, yeah, what's the like sweetest what's the swag? swag? Yeah. <laughs> you, what, what's the free stuff that you can share with us? <laughs> well, we all race on our Ferris H3 trainers, mm -hmm. which is the best trainer hands down. I used to have a Doretto and um, this one is, it's so quiet and smooth and it's, and the power is very, very accurate. So that's um, one of our favorite things. And then with our new sponsor, the Pros Closet, um, we uh, get deals through them and I'm about to get some sweet new wheels for my gravel nice. bike, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's amazing. Do you, now, are you, do you guys have rocker plates? Do you have the Sarah's rocker plates? They're on their way. Very cool. Christy and I will have one yep. soon. Super excited. So funny story, the Joe Martin stage race, the virtual one that we did, 
um, the team was setting me up for the sprint jersey, which is hilarious because I'm not a sprinter, but apparently in Zwift I am. <laughs> and my trainer kept sliding forward a little bit with the setup because I've never sprinted like that before. And so I'm super excited to get the the plate, the rocker plate, because I've heard I, that it um, it moves more naturally. And I want to I want to someday be strong enough to move my trainer when I sprint. <laughs> <laughs> I ha I have a new life goal. That's it right there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. But yeah, I was just um shopping this morning on the uh, the pros closet to get some of my swag and. Yeah, I'm like super pumped. I'm going to get like lots of new sunglasses. I've just got such terrible <laughs> sunglasses I bought from like a gas station that are just yes. ridiculous. So I'm getting some like <laughs> awesome new pox sunnies and then I think like a helmet. And then unfortunately, my husband got onto the side and he just wants lots of boring stuff like tires and lube and all that stuff. So I guess so we'll we do the, <laughs> that I, I want that. I want that promo code. Like, yeah. that's, that's the secret. We should... I mean, you know, don't share it on the podcast, but you know, if you want to tell it to us later. No, that's, a, that's amazing. I, uh, I, you know, sunglasses are a funny thing. I, um, I definitely am the, of the personality that you buy the right thing the first time. You never have to spend money on it again. Oh, you're like my husband. Whereas I'm yeah. like, just buy the cheapest thing. No, then you got to get yeah. breaks. But, <laughs> I know, but with I know. sunglasses, with sunglasses though, I always lose them or break them. So yeah. I have been buying the same pair of black Tifosi cycling glasses for like five years. And I, you know, every time you, they fall off on a ride and get scratched, it's like 20 bucks. So, but I'm, I'm almost to the point of buying like really cool Rokas or something like that. Well, Not let quite. me tell you what to get. get. Go check out Blender Eyewear. They blender, are blender. Blender eyewear is like the cool new hotness. Like her sunglasses are like 40 bucks. And I think it's some pro surfer that, got tired of like ray-ban i'm not cool like though that. that's the issue yeah blender well, eyewear not yet well you could get the <laughs> rokas and be like hershey right you could go win a stage oh man he i mean you know we're like the only cycling podcast not talking about the tour de france because i don't know what we're gonna add but <laughs> dang hershey yeah. if people haven't watched the stage yet that guy is exciting yeah, I thought he had to win a stage. He had two like such close calls. It's just like totally rooting for him this morning. Uh, yeah. That's so good. Well, hey, that's the fun thing about work from home, right? Like, I just, I just, uh, I put the tour up on one screen at my office here, and then I just work on the other one. And you can just hear the announcers, you know, saying something, and you can just like turn and look at it or get distracted. Ah, uh, nice. Forget to. Work Unfortunately, my uh, my two uh, my three year old hates watching bike racing so mm. he doesn't want to watch it and he tries to watch some of the stuff that we've got that goes on um zwift community live and stuff we try and get him to watch it he's like oh boring so, so it's kind funny. of like <laughs> brings you That's back down amazing. to earth <laughs> christy christy what does your husband do when you're sitting outside at a campground on your trainer and just <laughs> spinning away in your van does he just sit yeah. there and read a book what does he do he maintains all my bikes, so oh, you've got your own pro mechanic, <laughs> something like that, or That's takes care of the dog, or oh, or man. laughs at me, or or you know what though? Actually, he's really he's very supportive. Like if you ever watch any of my live streams, you can hear him in the background yelling at me. Like so, it's kind of a thing where I um because I don't have a short sprint, I go super early. And um, then he yells at me like that last 500 meters when I'm really fading and it's like everything I have to hold on. He's like, you can hear him in the background just screaming his face off. That's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. He, you just need to have him hold the back of the trainer so when you sprint yeah. it, it doesn't go anywhere. 
But Christy, I think um, supportive is like an understatement. We were like yeah. racing. It was like three in the morning for Christy. And we're all on Discord, and I can hear her asking Jamie for a bottle of water. I'm like, is he up? It's three in the morning with you. Being... So, like, he's, like, super unbelievable supportive. He really is. Like, he'll, be, he'll get up super early. She has ice socks down my jerseys. And... Oh, <laughs> wow. Come on. Dang, that's awesome. But, yeah. Jen Jennifer, what, Jen, what about you? Because you live off the grid. Like, are you the only person who's ever been worried about, like, power shedding off while you're Zwifting? Or do you connect yeah. your trainer up to recycle and add power to the grid? You know, my husband actually did the math to try to see if, like, there's a way he could, uh, but it's really not. This is, like, the power that I put out of my trainer is nothing compared to the, the, the generator. Um, sounds like you just, yeah. need, you just need to train harder. That's just sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to. If it's, like, a big race and it's not sunny out, I'll go turn the generator on just to be safe. Um, um, but as long as it's sunny out, I don't have to worry about the power shutting out. Um, but one time I did have to um, drop out of a race because my baby goats got out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, but that's, who, that, who, hasn't, who hasn't that happened? Off the grid problems. <laughs> um, my so, baby goats got out. Sorry, guys. I have to go. My goats got out. <laughs> why, you you why haven't you trained one of the 15 ducks to keep them in? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> One of the things that I definitely want to hear before we um, check out for the night is I want to hear about each of your personal, like a personal story about Zwift, like your, your, your greatest moment, a race you won, or maybe, you know, like what's, what's a really good Zwift story? Um, maybe Christy, we can start with you. Oh, on the spot. Um, <laughs> honestly, I know this is going to sound I'm so happy to have found this team because I've never really been involved with a cycling team, a team that's as supportive as this one. And so I'll, it's, it hasn't been about individual victories. It's been about the team and working together for team victories. And that's been what I love so much about it. Um, sometimes it's my turn and sometimes the race suits me and that's great, but I almost enjoy the ones where I'm able to work to support the team even more. Um, yeah, so that's, I don't, I know that <laughs> off the top of my head. No, I, I echo the same exact thing because I was thinking, um, you know, since, since the team came together, I've um, been doing a bit more of the DSing and a, a bit less racing. And I actually get more joy and more satisfaction from, you know, being the DS and the team doing well than I ever did from any personal race results. That's, that's really cool. And how about, how about you, Anna? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely echo what those guys said. I guess, I guess if you're looking for like a Zwift story, um, probably the, the one for me, and I guess it harks back to the community element I talked about before was, um, I remember like, yeah, I'd probably been on Zwift for like six months and uh, my little boy was six weeks old and he was in hospital for quite a while and it was just like a really, really brutal time. And I remember being at home and my, um, he was still in hospital, but I was home just to get some sleep. And I was like, I'm just going to like get on Zwift just to like flush my legs out and get a bit of headspace. And I got in on like a little group ride with some women and seriously, like just the support and you got off that. And I was like, I feel like so much better. And I kind of think that that, you know, our, our team, lots of the girls have had ups and downs with a whole wide variety of things. And 
Yeah, I think it, it just goes back to, I think it's just more than like a game and it's more than just cycling. It actually is a, a fully fledged supportive community. You know, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I was for the last several years riding seven, eight hours a week and I would do Zwift races each week, mountain bike races in the summer. And then probably around March, I started getting some some strange pains in my left leg. And um, it turns out I have a, a spine injury that's really kept me, you know, from doing the things that I want to do. And one thing that I will do now is I will like jump on with one of those Zwift bots that go at a specific pace. Um, and whichever one is fitting my level of like discomfort for the day and jump on Swift uh, Discord, which now has video support. Um, and we'll just get on with the guys and like one couple guys are in a race. Maybe one or two is with the bot with me. One guy was in a hotel room getting ready to race his car. Um, like in real life, he goes to the car races and he just jumped on to hang out with us. And so it, it's like, this really cool experience. I have friends and most of them I've never met in real life, but they're real friends. And so yeah. I, that's one thing I've really appreciated. Well, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. But first of all, or, or the last thing I want to do is let you um, give a little opportunity to give a plug for those that support you like Saris and Pro's Closet. Um, and um, tell us what, what the next big thing is for your team. Um, so to give a plug out to our sponsors, um, Saris and the Post Closet, we love you. Thank you for making this team a reality because honestly, I wouldn't, none of us would be together having this team um, without them. I mean, I reached out to Saris um, about the idea of putting together a women's team and they were super supportive and on, totally on board. And that's how we, this team got started in the first place. And then the Pros Closet actually reached out to me saying, hey, we want to have a women's team. Um, so they took the own initiative um, to support women's cycling. So I think that um, if you're looking for a trainer, the H3 is the best one you can get. And if you're looking for anything for your bike, the Pros Closet um, is a great way to um, support a company that supports women's cycling. And if you are, I think also the, the neat thing about the pros closet is it can be kind of like a less intimidating way to shop for some women. Um, a lot of women are intimidated to go to a bike store. I was, okay. I wanted a bike for years and I never went because I was too afraid to go to the bike store. Um, but uh, companies like the pros closet can, um, can kind of fill that gap for women. Um, and the next thing that we have up is the qualifiers for the Zwift Fall Invitational League. So there are three races next week that the team will be racing on some, some incredibly brutal courses. <laughs> so that should be fun, sort of. <laughs> sure. Which is the climber of the bunch? Oh, that would be Anna. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I do love climbing, but definitely don't rely on me for a sprint. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Sounds like that's Christy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, lo the long range sprints are special day. <laughs> well, thank you all for coming on today. It's been really special having you with us. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up. But um, again, check out the Pro's Closet and Saris, um, great trainers. I've been, I've got a generation one Cyclops hammer. It's been going now for years and it's still quiet as a mouse. I love the thing. So I can definitely agree with that. 
And with that, thank you everybody for listening to the Never Going Pro podcast. Ride on, and I will see you in Watopia.